Hi. Hi, Mom. So uh, a lot of people loved your contribution to the first podcast and to some of the teaser videos we did. And so I thought I'd ask you to intro this one. Oh. I sent you the interview I did with Deepa. What do you think people are in store for today? It gave me an understanding of the involvement of the CEO in the story, how she is taking a risk. Uh, when she goes with her story. You mean taking a risk because she doesn't have 100% sort of certainty that it's the right story? Yeah, she doesn't have a lot of data. She just has information where she expects that this is going to work, but she is not sure. And in fact, she's always continuing to adjust it. Okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, you're not taping me, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Andy Raskin, and this is The Bigger Narrative. In each episode, I talk with leaders about their strategic story, story that's larger than their companies and their products, story that's about a change in their customer's world, story that's powering success not only in sales, marketing, fundraising, but also product development, recruiting, everything. And my guest for this episode is Deepa Subramanian, CEO of Wootrick. When I first worked with Deepa and her team, Wootrick had just gone live with its first product, which made it easy to run net promoter score and other customer feedback surveys from inside your apps. Now, several years later, Wootrick is much more than that. It's how customer experience teams at over 1,200 brands get a single view of everything customers are saying, not only in surveys, but also in G2 reviews, notes from customer calls, logged in Salesforce, all the interactions. I visited Deepa in Wootrick's San Francisco office. Gartner had just named Wootrick a notable vendor in its voice of the customer quadrant. And she explained to me how a shift in the way customers expect you to take their feedback has become the kernel of Wootrick's strategic narrative. We realized there was this kind of strategic shift in this space. The feedback that your users wanted to provide you was no longer just available in surveys. It, it was actually everywhere. It was in every conversation they had with you. It was in every engagement they made with you, your your customer support tickets, your uh, sales calls, etc. And then we saw the current incumbents in the space underserving our customers because they were focused on surveys themselves. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we've sort of evolved to really crafting a story around this consolidated customer experience and how that is really going to be your competitive advantage. Lately, I talk about what was the old game for customers and what was the new game? Yeah. And it sounds like you're, you're saying the old game for customers, like you could do surveys and rely on that pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's you know, there will always be a place for surveys. Yeah, so. yeah. But now customers kind of expect you to be able to take their feedback in any kind of interaction you have with them. That's right. Um, not one that specifically you, you have set up to get it. And, and that feedback may be coming in all kinds of places, right. which is really about this sort of integrated customer experience. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I saw on your website now, you have what I sometimes call this promise line message of make customer experience your competitive advantage. Right, right. right. And it sounds like that's where you're seeing your customer wants to be and sees it as the kind of winning state. If we can be known for a great customer experience by listening to the customer through all these channels, 
integrating it, then we're going to win. Yeah. And I think what that sets up for our buyer, the customer experience champion, is really to be able to transform the company from being revenue-led or product-led to being customer-led. That is the whole industry-wide shift that's happened as well. How did you come to that realization that there was this shift that you could build a business on and and have a, a strategic opportunity in? I mean, being a young, nimble startup, the market pulls you in the direction. When we had a sense for this strategic shift that customer feedback was now going to evolve beyond surveys into mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. other touch points where a user interacts with you. We do what we always do, which is customer interviews. Mm-hmm. You and I are also users, right? We are users, we are buyers. I certainly have personally no- noticed a shift away from formally providing feedback to any of the brands that I interact with. One of my favorite brands is Patagonia, but I don't think I have ever answered any of their surveys. But I do interact with them, customer support interactions. When I walk into a store, I think all of those touch points, as a user, we've started to take control of how we want a business to engage with us. It sounds like some of this committing to this shift is, I don't know, almost the Steve Jobsian. You're (laughs) seeing it as a visionary of where this shift is going, which maybe even some buyers aren't even seeing yet. And you sort of believe in it. You're willing to bet on it yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's part of what a CEO does, right? You you make bets. So, um, but you make informed bets, and you're always testing your bets. And you know, this yeah. bet is working out for us. So. That's great, and yeah. I think you'd agree. This is a bet on a story. It's yeah. a bet on a story about a change in the world. Yeah, uh, that you see coming, that you're starting to hear buyers see. Absolutely. What do you think is the stage at which? it makes sense to get this straight. (laughs) I'm contacted by people at all stages, very early stage founders who are starting to work on a business plan up to, you know, public companies. It seems like early on, like it just can change so much. Yes. Uh, And also there's not a team really in place to do the kind of aligning we're talking about. I think you will have the bones of the story before you have product market fit or at that inflection point. And then in order to go from that nugget to scale, you need to have a cohesive story. It may not last for, you know, two, three years, but you will do your you will do your company a disservice if it's a very diffuse narrative at that point. Why, why disservice at that point, even though it might change as yours has over, right. over the years? Because you don't want the lack of story to be friction. You don't want it to slow that pull down in any way. Like at some point after product market fit, you're trying to, you're trying to get out of the way. And I think one of the things that can make it sort of draggy and laggy is, is, is the story. If that fit isn't cleanly aligned with the story, then it, it, it's at risk for, you know, just getting mm. lost. One of the big questions I have is, what is this story thing? Like, where is it written down? <laughs> you know, what are we literally talking about? For me, it's actually, it is the second slide in your pitch deck. Hmm. What, tell me your, what's, your first what's slide, slide is like, you know, food trick whatever like 
SAS for CX champions. And then your second slide is uh, you're talking about like you're trying to tell the audience something that they don't know. Mm. Which is about this shift. Exactly. Yeah. And for us, it's like, you know, make customer experience or customer experience is your competitive advantage. Yeah. So this shift so, to now used to be customer experience was uh, sort of nice to have or exactly. uh, maybe some companies would compete on customer experience. <laughs> some would compete on what something is else. Fuzzy? Is it user <laughs> mm -hmm. experience? Is it, you know, customers? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's your second slide in the pitch deck is where it, it lives. I, this is so true. You know, I wrote that piece about the greatest sales deck. And it's all, it starts about, team, it starts yeah. with, you know, TN and, and the, this shift to the subscription economy. And, you know, there's other pieces of that. And of course, when I'm working with teams, we, we, we build it. I find that every company's story requires a little bit different treatment of the flow. There's no template. But that one slide, that one like announcing of the shift yes. uh, is very consistent among all of them. How does the story play a role for you as a leader? Like, in what parts of starting up has it come into play? I was trained as an engineer and a lawyer, and neither sort of lends itself to much storytelling. But in in starting Wootrick, I, I knew full well what my limitations were, and I had the great luck of having my co-founder join. Mm. She's a career marketer. This is Jess. Jessica Pfeiffer, my co-founder. Just the importance of having a cohesive story, uh, something to rally behind in good times and bad times. We share that in common, by the way. I also have an engineering background. That's where I came from. You know, it was all like, hey, there's a problem. Here's our solution. <laughs> right. What else do you need? So it sounds like you've relied a lot on your team to help. What are the places in your role as a CEO where you use this story i use it everywhere hiring which is which is the most important thing to i do persuading inspiring my co-founder to join to every member of this team it's it's all about come join this story uh come be part of this narrative uh, you know fundraising is all about a story i love how you said hiring is about getting someone to join the narrative it's almost like you substituted the narrative for company as if the company really is a narrative. And in the end, maybe it is. I mean, what are people investing in when they invest in, in a company? Uh, a lot of that is, you know, the expectations of growth or, uh, and, and what is that, but really a story um, right, right. You know, in the end. What would you advise for CEOs who might be like you and me? <laughs> More like product focus, engineers, that they, they don't come to this part of it naturally. You mentioned one thing was adding team members team. Who, who can help with that. Your internal team is obviously a great asset, but I think one of the the most effective things about uh, having brought you in as an as a consultant who does narrative work, and I'm I'm not just saying this because you're interviewing. I me. wasn't. I should have said aside from me. <laughs> I'm not pitching Andy. Okay. 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 Uh, the, the the point I'm pitching is the the real value for that, other than sort of getting to a message and a story and a clarity is. It really helped align the entire organization around the story. It was much easier for me to internalize the story, externalize the story, get sales and 
success and our CTO, everyone on board, because we had an exercise with a third-party expert who wasn't just part of the team. So, uh-huh. yeah. so whether aside from me, like having someone else from the outside in this case, because mm-hmm. consultants can go either way, Yeah, having someone from outside in this case helped you all get clear one thing I find with working with teams, like there's something about the story and the messaging that's like super emotional. Yeah, it's all about psychology. I, th- I think the story has to be authentic for the entire team, right? So everybody has to bring their full selves. It's, it's really hard to drive internally. Yeah, there's this balance that has to happen, I think, between the CEO ultimately has to lead it, but the rest of the team has to feel bought in. Absolutely, yes. Deepa dropping tons of knowledge here. I think my favorite point was what she said about when teams have to first get crystal clear on the story. It's when you're scaling. Another CEO I once worked with said, it's the point where you're going beyond the brute force of the founders. You're hiring salespeople, investing in marketing. And when, as Deepa said, if it's not clear, it's gonna slow you down. The Bigger Narrative is produced and edited by me, Andy Raskin, with music by Stephen Emerson and cover art by Angela May Chen. Carla Borelli inspired the show by telling me I should do it over coffee. Thanks to Deepa Subramanian, not least of all for sitting for our interview a second time after my memory card failed on our first try. Special thanks also to Lisa Abbott, Eli Raskin, Richard Raskin, Victoria Zenoff, Dan Pecoraro, Dave Gerhardt, Gonzalo Velos, Charlotte Maleno, Matt Kowalski, and Carol Wasserman. And remember, the company story is the company strategy. Anything else you want to say to the listeners? Well, I would like to say that um, you're doing a great job in interviewing these people on your podcast. And um, I'm enjoying your, your podcast. So basically, my mother is enjoying it. I should let them know that? Yes.